All right, welcome into the News for Jacks podcast. It's a playoff edition of it. Uh, playoffs. You look at the playoffs. You do the whole old Jim Moore playoffs. Yeah, we're talking about playoffs in Jacksonville. How about that? Unbelievable. You know, you. I said it last week. Jamal was on uh, a proponent of this happening early in the season, before the season started. He mentioned AFC South title was a possibility because of the weakness of the AFC South teams. We definitely saw that. I did not expect the Jaguars to be sitting at the top of that at the end of the season. Jamal was right. I was wrong. Look, I thought next year was the year. You said this year. Look, I, I'm not saying I was confident about what I was saying. I was saying it was possible. I said, you know, going into the year, I, I felt like this team had changed. I had to talk myself out of wins as I went through the schedule instead of in the past. Mm-hmm. I was talking myself into wins. <laughs> um, and the one thing that also went with it is I felt like the AFC South was going to struggle. I was, you know, Matt Ryan, we'd seen mm-hmm. him starting to decline in Atlanta. Wasn't sold there. Ryan Tannehill really was exposed, and we've seen that from the Titans at this point that that they have kind of been exposed. So uh, that kind of plus Derrick Henry's getting older, mm-hmm. so they had already lost their best defensive player going into the year. So we saw the Titans really hit a wall as injuries started mm-hmm. to pile up. The Texans were never going to really be in the race, and I also just saw the way Doug Peterson was handling some of these veteran players. So I knew there was an opportunity, but uh, I'm gonna, I'd be lying to you if at the begin, at the end of October, beginning of November, I was feeling <laughs> at all confident about that after the team had just rattled off five straight losses. 0 oh, and five in yeah. October. 0 oh, and five. 0 oh, and five. And in now October. they're the fifth team in NFL history to have five losses, five wins in the same season, and make the playoffs. And you got a good nugget on that as well for Doug Peterson. Yeah. How was he involved in number four? That's right. He was with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs coaching staff back in 2015. They started the year 1-5, and five, rattled off a bunch of wins to end the year. So he really already had the experience with a team that had right. been there, done that, weathered the storm. And that's really helped him lead the Jaguars this year and help the Jaguars because Doug Peterson wasn't rattled. I mean, the team said essentially that he came to them after they had lost one of those games and said, it's going to come down to week 18. We're not out of this thing. You know, you lose those close games, close game after close game. They feel like they should have a much better record than what they have right now. And, you know, one thing that Frank Frangie said on Teal the Show uh, last week is he said, you know, the old phrase is you are what your record says you are, except when you're not. That's and right. the Jaguars this year, we kept saying, like, they're losing these games. Like, started 2-1, and one, and we're like, all right, 2-1, mm-hmm. and one, and then lost. Okay, 2-2, two 2-3, and 2-4, two, two and 2-5, two and 2-6. And and they fell down to 2-7, and seven, and we were looking at it, and all those losses, and we kept saying, this isn't a 2-7 and seven football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's too much talent there. There's too many silly mistakes that one silly mistake here, one silly mistake there, and you snowball right. into something that didn't have to be. This was never a two and seven football team, just like last year. I said that wasn't a three win team that yep. they fielded last year. Um, so that's why, I, like Frank said that, and it kind of stuck with me. You're what your record are, except when you're not. And they weren't, and now they are more of a nine win football right. team. Did I expect them to rattle off seven and two? No, but that that's what they did down the stretch. Right. And now here we are, AFC South champion Jacksonville Jaguars. How about that? Does not seem realistic at all. No. And even at the game the other night, I did not think they were going to pull it off. Offense was struggling. It was more mm-hmm. of the, kind of what we saw earlier on. Yeah. Just not running game was was going nowhere. Trevor was overthrowing receivers. You, you wonder if those early season, the October Jaguars were resurfacing in prime time. You were hoping not. And then, boom, defense makes a play. 
and the defense early on the game couldn't give up, you know, couldn't stop a tight end on third down, just could not get things done. And again, the mark of a team that has hit that next step, has taken that next step, is the ability to rise when things are not going well. You've got to scratch out, find a way to win. Doug Peterson said earlier on Monday in his press conference, it doesn't matter how you win, it's that you win. And sometimes, you know, your special teams, he, he mentioned early in his press conference that special teams were so much further ahead than the offensive defense early in training camp. We saw that, you know, with Jamal Agnew, his crazy game the other night. And the defense picked apart in times through the season. It steps up and emerges, kind of picks up the offense from that. And again, that's what you see in a good team. We saw this last year. Too many things where kind of the, the defense is hanging its head on after non-offensive game. Right. And you do not see that from this year's Jaguars team. There's no infighting. There, Doug Peterson mentioned the word callous. We were calloused <laughs> after that October losing streak, which right. you really could have torpedoed the season. And this team has not shown um, what we saw last year in 3-14, and 14, we did not see that from this year's Jaguars team. And just maturity of this program in just a short year of time. Again, bulky red noses at the Week 18 yeah. finale last year against one the Colts. One year removed. And one year removed, a $260 million free agency spending spree, a new head coach, coaching staff, and this team is feeling it. It's good to see the environment in Saturday night's game was electric. Rival to me, like uh, the Miami Dolphins 62-7 win in 99. Mm -hmm. um, just a great season, great atmosphere the other night. Jacksonville fans have been missing it for too long. We said the other night, Trevor said it during the season, this is for the fans of Jacksonville. You pay your hard-earned money to see us play, see us win, and we want to deliver that. Man, Saturday night was that crescendo of just an absolutely breathtaking, imagine, just unbelievable season. A win is a win is a win, is win. what Doug said right. today. And, you know, I, look, I, the fans showed up and showed out, but I'm not going to say the Jaguars put on a show for them for three quarters because that, 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 it was getting quiet in right, there. People, no, people were worried. It was like, oh, are we watching this all fall apart? But that the one thing that I, I really said, and I, I still stick to this after that win, it wasn't pretty, mm -hmm. but it, they all can't be. An ugly win is still a win, win. but – Good teams know how to win ugly. Mm -hmm. And that was as ugly as it gets, but good teams know how to win ugly. I mean, think about it. How many times have you seen the Pittsburgh Steelers win a game like that? Offense can't do anything. Right. Defense just goes make a play. Some guy kick, takes a punt or back, something. They make a play and they right. finally win. How many times have you seen the yeah. Ravens do that? Some of those teams, how many times have you seen the Patriots do right. that? Teams that are consistently considered excellent or consistently make the postseason, they find a way to win. Can, turn, can win whether, those 9-6 games yeah, when you need to. Right. Weather the punch. Well, you have to weather the other team's best punch right. and, you're not, and not get out of it. And then when it's time to make the play, make the play. And in that moment, Rayshon Jenkins, who has had the, probably the two biggest mm -hmm. plays of the Jaguars season. I mean, you talk about the pick six against the Cowboys and the forced fumble against the Titans to get them into the playoffs. Huge year for him. A guy coming off a broken ankle and missed half the season last year. No, so, again, you're talking about guys who didn't get it done last year for whatever reason, whether the defense was struggling, the offense was struggling, whether it was injuries, you're on the shelf at the end of the season, making big plays in a Week 18 game. Yeah. Rayshon has been the headliner of that. He has been. I mean, he's had a phenomenal season. He made the play when the number was called, and then Josh just finished it. Mm -hmm. And that was the moment where you find a way to win ugly. They won ugly. And now you're in the postseason. All you want to do is stamp the ticket – and now you got a shot. You know, so 
we went through all of the Jaguars' playoff history. It's not exactly a long history. They only got seven trips in franchise history, so I guess it didn't take me that long. But, but when you look at it, of those seven trips, the majority of them ended at the hands of one team and one guy. Mm-hmm. The Patriots and Tom Brady. Right. Here's the good news. Tom Brady is in the <laughs> NFC, so you know what? If Tom Brady wants to end the Jaguars' season, that means you're in the Super Bowl. Right. So. That's not a bad thing. So, <laughs> so you know, at, at the very least, they don't have to go through the Patriots and Tom Brady this year because the Patriots also didn't get into the playoffs. So you avoid both of those. Right. So you also avoid the Titans who put an end to another one. So the pieces maybe could come together for some sort of Cinderella run. If, if Tom Brady was just the Achilles heel of this franchise, don't worry about it. You know, I think everybody would take a, a, a Super Bowl visit in Doug's first year. Right, hey, that's there. right. I, I think... I, and I've said before, I'll say it again, I thought 2023 was the year for Jacksonville. Again, Trevor, year two and Doug Peterson. Oh, it still is it, the year. It, the it's year, still, but we've got a little bit of glimpse of what could happen next year's schedule. is going to be a little bit more difficult in 2023 with, sure. the, uh, with the opponents that you're facing as an AFC South champion. Uh, but nonetheless, I think 2023 was the year to step forward for me. This, that we're going to taste of this now in 2022 after 3-14, and 14, after Urban Meyer, after the just the disastrous tenure of Shad Khan as an NFL owner. Mm-hmm. This is great. It's great for the city, great for the fans. I mean, you know, the Jacksonville fans get such a bad rap, which is ridiculous to me. Uh, and that's not just home cooking. I mean, it, it's unbelievable the rap that Jaguars fans get from, uh, you know, no fan base and nobody supports this team. And why why are you supporting this team? Because they're, they're so bad. It's just not a not a well received reputation for Jaguars fans, but Jaguars fans deserve this. I know the players love it, rocking at TIAA Bankfield last Saturday, fans. and it will be rocking again this week. So I think it's just a testament to to so many things going right. A little bit of a glimpse. I think this is a little bit of a preview. I think what we can expect in 2023 to get it now. Trevor's going to go into 2023, mm-hmm. one of the top quarterbacks in the league. A lot of expectations going to follow this franchise next year. Still, some of this year to play for, and a big it's, part of this year to play for. It's not over yet. You've got a date with the Chargers with an opportunity to advance. They're just a couple of wins away. Once you're in the tournament, anything can happen. Right. We talk about March Madness. Well, you know what? It's January still. And we'll have some January madness. The playoff we see ever we see all the time where some team gets hot at the mm-hmm. right time and they make a run through the playoffs. Is it out of the question that the Jaguars beat the Chargers? Anyone that tells you it is, they're, they're kidding themselves because this is the same team that beat the Chargers thirty-eight to ten in, in Week Three. Mm-hmm. Now, given that was Week Three, given the Chargers had a bunch of injuries and this will be a very different football game, I don't expect them to win thirty-eight to ten. Again. Right. But if you beat them once, you can beat them again. And while they did have injuries in that Week 3 matchup, the core of their team was still playing. Right. So let's not kid ourselves. That shouldn't have made a 20-point difference in that ball game, missing the few players. If Justin Herbert said he was healthy enough to play, I'm going to take him at his word that he was healthy enough mm-hmm. to play. So with that, I mean, you win that one, then you, you move on. Divisional round. You got another shot. Right. It's week after week after week, and the Jaguars essentially should be calloused to, right. to playing these kinds of games because they've been playing against the wall for weeks now. I mean, I think it was after the bye week. Doug Peterson stood in his mon- in his Monday presser that week, and he said, "Our goals are still in front of us." Right. And in my head, I chuckled because I was like, "He's got to be kidding me." They lost to the Chiefs. Right. They went into the bye week. Do, does he see the record? Got You got to be kidding me. There's no way. So I go into um, and, into the playoff percentage machine, and they gave the Jaguars a two percent chance of making the playoffs mm. at that point. 
2% chance after the bye week. Boom. Rattled off the wins. Here we are, AFC South champions. So, Doug Peterson knew what he was talking he about. I thought he was crazy, you know, you but he did it. You mentioned um, during one of our News for Jacks podcasts early in the year how the parallels for this season in 96 were lining up. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. If you don't remember 96, Jacksonville was, what, 2-7? and seven, or they, they were terrible. I mean, a similar situation, 2-6, yep. and six, and they make a run. They finish 9-7, got a little help at the end of the season. Morton Anderson missed a field goal, and... 30-yard field goal, that would have kept the Jaguars out of the playoffs. But again, a late-season surge, get on a winning streak, get hot at the right time. They made it all the way to the AFC Championship game as a second-year franchise. You retired John Elway. You retired uh, you know, Dan Marino. I mean, it's unbelievable that team caught, got hot at the right time. Um, excuse me, Jim Kelly, not Dan, Dan uh, excuse me, John Elway. Uh, so Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, you knocked them off in the playoffs that season. Anything mm-hmm. is possible. Um, so I, yeah, I know Chargers are favored here. I know they're going to be, they're going to come in and expect they can win here. Chargers aren't a, on a bona fide playoff team anyway. It's their first playoff trip in quite some time as well. So um, I do think that that Jacksonville can win this game. I think that excitement on Saturday night mm-hmm. is going to be there. Um, and I think after beating them in week three of the season, I do think there's going to be a little bit of, you know, we can do this again. That momentum will be there. There should be some confidence, but it's just like we talked about in that week three matchup. Going across the country is hard. So on, it's hard on the players' bodies. The Chargers now have to make that trip from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast mm-hmm. to play this game. And they're going to come into a packed stadium. It's going to be over 70,000 fans. They're going to be loud. I mean, think about it. This is only the fifth home game in Jaguars franchises. Right. That's right. it. That's- Unbelievable. So, so it, like, if you say, oh, I've been a Jaguars fan my entire life, and you're going to the game on Saturday night, remember this is only the fifth time you've had the opportunity to do this in Jacksonville as you lose your voice throughout the course <laughs> of the ball game. I mean, that, so it, this is going to be a, a juiced-up crowd. I mean, I went through the Bull City Brigade tra- tailgate last week. They got there at 1 o'clock. And people were excited for an eight o'clock kickoff. Right. So that's a lot of pre-gaming. There, there was a lot, a lot of pre-gaming, pre-gaming. So by the time kickoff was there, they were very loose and ready and warmed up. <laughs> um, so you know, it should be good. You know, two Saturday nights in a row. You can't beat the atmosphere. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a big one. The the most important thing the Jaguars can do is walk out with a win. Um, and I think we'll talk about in a little bit how they can execute that in a second. But. Uh, this is a big game, and there's a lot on the line, and the Jaguars players don't exactly have a ton of experience right. in these kind of matches. And I know you've asked um, asked before, and, and Jaguars players and coaches and stuff, does does having that or not having that big game experience? You know, you're you're talking Trevor Lawrence as an NFL player, Travis Etienne as an NFL player, Marvin Jones, as an, you, you don't have a ton of that late January kind of experience. Is that a good or a bad thing? And I think that's a that's a very valid question. Yeah. You don't have that that you know the Tom Brady kind of playoff experience no. where you you're down in the the third quarter, fourth quarter, and you're confident you can rally back in that situation. So is is it is it a positive or is it a negative? What have you heard from players? I know you've asked that question. Well, a lot of them are kind of they're, they're not sure either. You know, um, I, I have asked that question. I've asked the coaches if they have the guys that have playoff experience. Overall, this roster has ten players, just ten that have playoff experience. The most being Darius Williams, who made the Super Bowl run with the Rams last year, won the Super Bowl, so he brings a ring into the locker room. Second most is Corey Peters, because he's about he's been in the NFL for a long time. 
Uh, third most is Marvin Jones because he was with the Cincinnati Bengals mm-hmm. when they had A.J. Green and Andy Dalton. Marvin Jones used to kind of get them in the playoffs and get bounced. So he's only got like four games under his belt. Um, and then after him, it's Arden Key because he has mm-hmm. experience with the San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs. So there's not a, a ton of playoff experience on this roster. So it's kind of a case-by-case basis on how guys think it, think it affects them. I mean, Josh Allen basically said after the game on Saturday that he thought all the losing, he said, when you, you've lost for so long, it prepares you to be able to deal with these moments because I don't want to go back to right. that. So, and, and, I, and when, when you say that, I'm like, okay, I get it. You, you suffered through that one-win season on the field. You, you suffered through the three-win right. season on the field and dealt with Urban Meyer in the meeting rooms and all these other things. So, 100%, you're like, what, what work I got to do to make sure I don't have to do that again? So, I, while I do understand where they're coming from and saying, like, look, we're, we're going to put in the work, we're going to prepare as best we can, and then the moment won't be too big for us. Because a lot of these guys have played in big games oh, in yeah, their life. Of course. I mean, Trevor of course, Trevor, right. of course, Caleb Montchason, Travis Etienne, all, I mean, recent na- national champions before or just before they came to the NFL. Um, so, but I think we even saw it a little bit on Saturday night when you haven't been in these kind of football games, when you haven't been under those kind mm-hmm. of lights that Sometimes it takes you a couple of plays to kind of get settled in. Three and a half quarters to let the pads settle. Um, so I, I do think those sort of jitters are real, and there is something to knowing how to close out a football game. The one thing I will say is not many teams have a coach that's been there and done that when they're this inexperienced. Mm-hmm. It's very rare for you to have a Doug Peterson who has a ring, who has a Lombardi trophy uh, that he's run won recently at that when you have a team full of guys that have not been in the postseason. Right. So I, I do think that experience will help to steady the ship as he's done all year. Yeah, and again, a good thing, bad thing, it, it's probably subjective until you get into that moment. You know, we can handle it, a game is a game. They've, they've been careful to say that this entire time. Players, you know, it's, it's not changing. I know Doug was asked, did you change anything for that game last week, the, the primetime game? Did guys get there later? No, we changed, we changed nothing. The same protocol as it would be for a four o'clock game. There's nothing that changes. But again, under the bright lights, play you, you win and you're in kind of game. Jaguars don't have a lot of experience in right. that right. in that situation. So I do think there was maybe a little bit of nerves last week. The offense did not play well. I think Titans had a had a good game plan going in, control, dictate, and uh, they did that for three and a half quarters very very well. So it will be interesting to see once the Chargers get in town, the prime time experience again, where it's win or go home. Very similar situation to what we just saw, and can you? How do you? How do you handle that? A Justin Herbert kind of team where you've already beat them before by twenty-eight. Right. Uh, how do you kind of handle that in this type of situation? I think the, you touched on my biggest concern going into this playoff game, and that's the offense because now we've seen the offense explode. I mean, we've seen it happen. I mean, against the Chargers mm-hmm. uh, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, we, we've we've seen it. We know they can put points on the board. They did it against the Titans in the first go round, but now. We're in like three weeks in a row where they really haven't been clicking mm-hmm. on all cylinders. That Jets game on Thursday night wasn't their best outing. I will say the weather wasn't great for right. it. And because of the short week, Doug did kind of tailor down the game plan and say, let's not overcomplicate this thing. Then you saw against the Texans, again, another team where they didn't feel like they had to put their foot on the gas pedal. But 
the offense wasn't exactly right. clicking and humming. They did end up with a nice score at the end of it, but the defense added some points. It was a little deceptive score. there. And then this Titans game where the offense really never got out of its own way, uh, my, my worry is either our team's figuring out what the Jaguars want to do and figuring out how to scheme and slow it down, or the Jaguars getting into a funk, or are they just out of sync? Something something is going on, whether they've just tailor, tried to tailor things down in these final weeks of the season, which I don't think they would do, not in, with the importance on the mm-hmm. line of some of these games. Uh, but that that's my biggest concern going into this one, because if you're going to beat the Chargers, I don't know if you can hold the Chargers to 10 yeah, points. You're not beating them with field goals. You're I not just, beating them with field goals. Yeah, you're, you're going to have to score more than 10. You're going to have to score more than 20. The offense is going to have to go. Yep. Like You're going to need another 38-point game. I, I fully anticipate that. I think so. I think you're, again, great to, to get those Riley Patterson field goals, get him sure, confidence yeah. and everything, but your difference in playing the Titans and playing the Chargers, and you're not going to be able to do that. I mean, Justin Herbert, the first time they played, he was banged up, nursing fractured rib cartilage, right. wasn't 100%. Obviously, they were not full strength across the board. Um, Mike Williams, what, what's going to happen with him this week? He's probably not. Uh, I mean, so, that back injury looks serious. Uh, the the two biggest pros for the Jaguars that they have, Doug Peterson is a huge advantage mm-hmm. over over Brandon Staley. Nice dude, young coach, maybe a rising star. Not a great game manager. He makes simple and questionable decisions. He's very aggressive, over aggressive things that end up costing them the game. Played Mike Williams, Joey Bosa in that last game. Even though playoff matchup was set, both of them left with injuries. Williams's back injury sounds like the most serious mm-hmm. one. Had an MRI on it, came back negative according to reports. Somehow, if he wasn't walking under his own power to get to the team bus, like they're saying, and he's had back injuries before, I don't see him being ready to play this week. And if he's not ready to play, that's a big blow to mm-hmm. drop. So that is that is one pro. So those are, those are the two pros that I have for the Jaguars, two, two biggest positives for them, coaching and if the Chargers are dealing with injury issues. Right. And I, to me, I think the uh, – you mentioned that, uh, Peterson, I think gives them a, a jolt of everything. But I do think – you're riding the, the momentum train, the hot hand. You've won five in a row uh, at the most critical time of the season. Well, the Chargers and, had won four straight until they lost to the Broncos. So, and again, you lose to the Broncos. The Jaguars. Well, they, well, they pulled their, they pulled their, their yeah. Chargers after, in the midway through the third quarter. They pulled their Chargers. So, so. Your, your momentum is going. You've clicked. You've won big games. You won slugfest. You won games with high, high, really high upset potential. Um, with the Titans game, everybody projecting you to win that game big. You did what you needed to do to win. So I like Jacksonville's chances. You're hosting a game. The city's going to be jacked. You've beaten the Chargers already. You've seen what they've got. Sure. And I do think Jacksonville comes out with the win. It's going to be tight again. I think we'll get more of what we saw earlier on the winning show. I think we'll see more of a, what we saw against the Cowboys-Ravens kind of game against the Chargers on Saturday night. Cowboys-Ravens kind of game. Ooh. Uh It'll be interesting. I mean, that Chargers offense, Justin Herbert's good. Mm-hmm. Just, when Justin Herbert's on, he's on. But when he's off, he's off. He he's is. Off. I mean, I, I could see where you're saying the Cowboys kind of game because you just kind of have to hang in there and wait for Dak to make a mistake against mm-hmm. the Cowboys. And that's similar enough how I feel about the Chargers. You hang in there right. and you say, all right, Herbert's going to throw a pick or he's going to make a mistake here. And if you hang... The, the guy that worries me, which is strange to say, especially with Mike Williams out, Gerald Everett, his tight end, I don't know who covers him, and Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. Those are the two, and Eckler was kind of banged up in that first meeting. 
uh, even though he played. Eckler and and Everett worry me because you saw the Titans tied exactly. in, slice and dice the Jaguars, and they weren't able to really adjust to some of those bunch sets and those trip sides, not quick enough anyway. It, they, they made the play when they had to make them. Um, and the Chargers have weapons. I mean, Gerald Everett is essentially a wide receiver mm-hmm. out there. So, I mean, having him, somebody's going to have to cover. Foye Lukin and Devin Lloyd are going to have their hands full with that. So it, it's going to be a challenge. Yeah. It, it's going to be a challenge. The Chargers' offense is good. Their defense has talent on it, even if the pieces the pieces for that defense just haven't really gelled this year for whatever reason. And Jacksonville put 38 up on them in, in week three. So it's possible. That was during a, a kind of an ascending time for the Jaguars early on in the season. Yeah. I don't know if they put 38 up on the Chargers this time, but I do think that they can score. I think it was a funk the last game with Trevor and Travis and offense, the running game just being absolutely atrocious. I think that gets back in a rhythm. And, again, I, I don't think those young guys wilts in prime time. I think they come to play on Saturday night. Well, they have to. They, they definitely have to. And the, the boost is that you're at home. Mm-hmm. So uh, with, the, with this crowd the way it is at home, starred for these type of games, it's going to be loud. It's going to be energy. It's not like when you're playing like in the bubble, like in 2020, when you know there were half crowds. Like that's where like the bright lights. Oh, I'm playing in this, or like the Super Bowl when it's eerily quiet because those are all corporate tickets. This is like <laughs> juiced Jacksonville, man. I've been here since '90 and been, a, you know, kind of fans, and it's gonna be loud. It's mm-hmm. gonna be hectic. It's tough for them, not, for you not to get at least a lift. I think there will be some nerves. And I think we saw some of that from the Jaguars early on. I mean, that offense, there were opportunities that they missed. Trevor has to be sharper. Your second lowest offensive yardage, you know, total of the season. Right. Didn't even crack 300 yards of offense in that game. Not even 25 yards rushing in that game. Just a bad showing offensively. Bad. And that's a worry. Yeah, it gets a Titan as well. So, again, that was a playoff game. That was a playoff scenario, Mm -hmm. atmosphere, and I think the Titans had a great game plan. Chargers will have a good game plan coming in here when you have Justin Herbert – you got Mr. Bosa coming off the edge. I think those are big pieces in there. You have to hope what you – Don't forget Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack as well. I mean, mm. you've got to hope what you did in that week three game. You can kind of pluck the, the, the best pieces of that game and translate them to this game. I don't know how much similarities we'll see in that game. I think the Chargers may have been a little conservative in that game with injuries, and I think you, you lost a big offensive lineman in that game as well. So um, it will be interesting. I, I don't know if you can base a lot of that 38-10 game on what we're going to see on Saturday night. Um, but having played them before, nuts. I think that works out well in Jacksonville's favor. Well, well, the one thing I will say from that 38-10 to 10 game, after going back and kind of looking at it, and James Robinson did make a big run in that game. That kind of, I feel like, opened the floodgates right. for them. He ain't here no more, so uh, <laughs> hopefully they don't need that. But everybody else that made big plays, I feel like they're actually playing better now. Like Trevor Slice and Dice that day, mm-hmm. and Trevor Lawrence, if you ask me to take Trevor Lawrence now or Trevor Lawrence from week three, the Trevor Lawrence that has been on an offense that struggled for three weeks, give me the Trevor Lawrence now. Because yeah. he is much more confident and a better player right now than he was at week three, week one, week two. Uh, right now is the guy you want. So I, I think he's playing better, which he's the pivotal part. One way or another, it, it, it I know, I think I said it yesterday in the Sunday Sports Zone, it, it was. I know it was always the Jags is all on the top, but it was always Trevor, and that that's right. where we can end it because he was the guy. And if he's playing the way he's playing, then everything else works. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I take him. Marvin Jones scored a touchdown. I think Marvin's probably about where he was at then. Christian Kirk scored a touchdown. Kirk's playing much better football mm-hmm. with them now because Trevor Lawrence elevates right. him. Zay Jones has really hit his stride late in the season. He had a big game there. So. 
you take the Zay Jones elevation there, boom. Evan Ingram, oh, in that Chargers game, he almost had a touchdown that he really wanted. Um, but he hadn't really took off since, right. took off at that point, and now he's taken off. Uh, so I think a lot of the pieces, and, and that was before they really started utilizing Travis Etienne as mm-hmm. the feature back. So it'll be interesting to see how the Chargers defense handles his speed and his ability to kind of accelerate and decelerate if he can get a little bit of space. So he should be able to replace the impact that they were getting from James Robinson in that game. So I'd say that's an upgrade, too. The Jaguars' offense is really upgraded in a number of positions. I mean, 4,000-yard passer, Trevor. 1,000-yard receiver, Christian Kirk. 1,000-yard running back, Travis Etienne. I mean, Evan Ingram approaching 1,000 yard, the single-season leader in for a Jaguars tight end in franchise history. Franchise history. I mean, that's amazing production from offense from guys who weren't even here last year. No, no. I mean, Christian Kirk, free agency. I mean, Trent Baalke, get, we give Trent Baalke. We, I know Trent Baalke has had a bad rap here for good reason. Oh, no, but, he's on the Christmas list. But now. he's on, yeah. if you didn't send Trent a, a, a Merry Christmas card with a $100 Shame on there you. or something. Yeah, come <laughs> on, that's the guy did wonders. $260 million in free agency, but he hit on just about every one of every those one guys. Of if you list off his free agent acquisitions, you're like, which one did he miss on? Maybe Foley Fatukasi? Who's he, been invaluable. But in he's been game. a starter yes. and, and been a solid run stopper, but every other guy has made huge impact. Darius Williams, I, he was not early in the season when he's kind of that nickel they guy. They played him at the wrong but, spot. But he has that been phenomenal uh, in Shaq Griffin's place. He's right. been a great shutdown kind of guy right. with Tyson Campbell on the outside. So Trent Baalke, I mean, master, masterful class of the last year and a half of between the draft, you got starters out of the draft, uh, still TBA on Trayvon Walker, although he made some plays in the game. Oh, he played He's, phenomenal he, on Saturday night. That was his best game of the season. I, that was his best game of the season. He drew two penalties. Two huge penalties. Two big penalties. The, those holding penalties, especially the one on the running yeah, play, which was a blatant hold. Yes. Trayvon Walker, that was Trayvon's best game. He's had sacks. And he made a play in that first time. That was his best game of the yes. season. And we're seeing Hands him play a different down. position, too, now. We're seeing him play a little, little bit more in the line. The dirt. Um, um, I think they figured out he's a little bit more comfortable there, more 4-3 defensive end than maybe the outside linebacker. But, I mean, kind of the explanation we're getting is the good ones can do it all. Yeah. And so, so, playing Warriors comfortable right now. Give him an offseason and say, hey, look, man, we want to be able to move you around as the puzzle piece right. that you, we think you can be. Outside linebacker, hand in the dirt, maybe a three-tech at times. Where does the matchup say we need mm-hmm. you this week? Yeah, so. The offense, my point on that is the offense has been remarkable in one – I mean, the strides it's taken in one season. One season has been remarkable. I mean, you've got franchise highs everywhere – I mean, a thousand running back, a thousand receiver. Mm-hmm. I mean, Zay Jones has been phenomenal at a great TV game. I mean, it's been remarkable what Jacksonville's been able to accomplish on offense, really in the span of half of a year, is where they made that jump. And as Jamal said, it all revolves around Trevor. It was always Trevor. Always Trevor. It was always Trevor. And what he has done in his growth, and Jamal and I talked early in the season, if you listen, Trevor needed to get to that top 10, 12, 10 11, 12, 13 quarterback conversation to elevate this team to make them you know have a shot at the playoffs yes. and he has absolutely done that second in the NFL in completion percentage since November since he has taken that massive next leap and, it, and, it, and 
how they've done that, it's paid off with guys like Evan Ingram having a career year. Mm -hmm. Christian Kirk coming a thousand yard receiver for the first time. Travis Etienne becoming that thousand yard running back. So it has always been about Trevor. That's right. And and here's the one thing, and I, I don't want to talk about the future too much just because we're not there yet. But and and it's it's nice not to be there. But but you know, think about it, like. People see Evan Ingram and his struggles in New York, and he comes into Doug Peterson's offense, and Trevor Lawrence coming into his own, and now he's going to get a big contract. People mm -hmm. see that. Calvin Ridley's already coming here in a contract right. here, even though they traded for him. But other free agents that are going to be taking those one-year prove-it deals on offense are going to be looking at the Jaguars saying, hmm, I could go there and play with that guy. Right. Similar to what you've seen with people wanting to go to Tampa – to be with Tom Brady because right. they like ah, that offense is going to put up numbers. I can go there, put up numbers, and go get a big deal somewhere right. else since the money's not there. So that's going to help to continue to improve it. But right now, uh, look, I think the Jaguars are in a good space. I think this week three game, um, I think it was a big win. But I think the Jaguars are better right now. I mean, I kind of went through the offense on the defense. The only difference maker that the only guy that made a big play on that defense that week that they don't have is Smoot, but. I could argue that the rest of the defense is upgraded. You take Darius Williams and put him where mm -hmm. Shaq Griffin was, upgrade. Uh, Trey Herndon in the slot instead of Darius, yeah, I'd say that's probably probably an even trade there. But Andre Sisco is more confident mm -hmm. in his responsibilities now. He's playing better football. Devin Lloyd was playing good then, and he's starting to get back, but the mixture of him and Chad Muma right. is good. Gives the coaching staff a little bit of flexibility. With that flexibility and them knowing their responsibilities, Foyer's playing more free at linebacker. Defensive line, you mentioned Trayvon Walker. He played great. I, I'd swear that was his best game of the and season. Arden Arden and Arden Key. Arden Key has been And Arden Key is going to have to be phenomenal again this week. And don't look now. Like, we've been critical of Josh Allen, and I'm still not sure they should pay this guy. But he returned the touchdown, and on the next drive, he gets in there and forces a fumble from Josh Dobbs. Jaguars didn't recover it, but he got there. Josh Allen came up on two big plays in a must-win game. And, and the, the story, the book on Josh is he's, and just, he had a bunch of he's just a step away, a step behind all the time. And he, I mean, he's but he's making those plays. He's not getting sacks. He's he's disrupting things. Though. That's a, the same thing with Trayvon Walker. You're disrupting things. You're becoming a presence on the line. You're forcing Josh Dobbs to have to step up in the pocket to throw, yep. and he steps into a sack or he's throwing off his front foot instead of his back one. So the plays you're making there, yes, maybe not resulting in, in sacks or interceptions and stuff, but Josh Allen is another one. You mentioned him playing great, even though you know he's not having five sacks a game or anything like that. He's, he's more he's, he's there. He's more disruptive than productive. And that's a problem when it comes time to pay you, but it is a good thing to have on your defense. Now it's good to see him come up in clutch moments. But you want a guy to be more productive than disruptive, and he isn't that guy. Maybe not right now. But if he gets hot, just like anybody else, defensive players can get hot too. Right. And if Josh Allen is heating up and he came up in two big plays in crucial times, and I'd say that forced fumble on Josh Dobbs at the Jags didn't recover, huge. I Just same level as the touchdown to me mm -hmm. because that stopped the Titans in their tracks from being able to go down and win the game. So – you want to see Josh Allen get hot, so ultimately, but you're going to need Arden Key this week because Absolutely. he has to. You have to find a way to disrupt Justin Herbert. Two of my favorite free agent signings: Arden Key, Evan Ingram, and they weren't the big guys mm -hmm. as Darius Williams. They weren't the Brandon Sheriffs, you know. But they were their guys 
and you know, Arden is not the 17 game starter, but I mean, he is a disruptive presence and he is getting in there and making plays. You know, Doug Peterson said in his Monday press conference availability that he was talking about Mr. Peters there on the defensive line, but you get in there and you've got limited reps in there. You may have, you know, 10 reps a game, but you're getting in there and making a play in on two or three, I mean, massive plays on two or three of those reps that you're in there. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what you need out of those yeah. guys. Arden Key is not a not a three-down player for the Jaguars. He's not starting games and uh, finishing games. I mean, the guy is making plays every time he's in there. And that's kind of been the story of this, this workman-like team. I mean, you're getting guys in there who are making plays, critical plays. It's not Josh Allen all the time. It's not Darius Williams all the time. You're getting guys in there who are making the most of those limited opportunities. Yeah, this is a, they've gotten big opportunities. Arden Key's in a contract here because he signed a one-year deal here, so somebody's going to pay him. Um, and it, this is a chance for him to flash that and show that potential. So a lot of these guys are making the most of their opportunities. I think the Jaguars are in a good spot heading into this game. It's going to be a tough one. And according to uh, NFL Next Gen Stats, this is the most evenly matched up game of the playoff weekend. It's a 50-50 shot on who wins it. But I'd say every football game is really like that. Right. So you know, it should be interesting. Yeah. And it's gonna be a fun one. It's gonna be a fun Saturday night at the bank. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about it maybe later on in the week at another podcast. But for now, we appreciate you tuning in and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.